This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Alex Goldberg from the Byline. He's a good friend of mine, and it's so good to have him back. He has a very popular Twitter account and also a very popular podcast, like I mentioned, called The Byline. He's on to give us the Chelsea perspective on this upcoming match. I look forward to doing the show with Alex. It's been a long time. Alex and I actually used to do a podcast together called The Sarka Cast, which was in, in association with WEI Sports Radio in Boston. So we get to do this show again. He was on a few years ago. Alex, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no problem, Russ. And I think when I was on a few years ago, I was in the car and I had basically <laughs> no reception and I was trying to appease you and do video and it was rough on my end. I hope the technical side goes a little bit better today. Okay. Well, listen, again, thank you so much for doing the show and uh, it's always good to have you on and uh, I look forward to getting your thoughts on uh, Chelsea and then also your thoughts on Fulham as well in this half hour show that you and I are going to be doing. Before we go on any further, I do want to mention this. Shout out to my daughter, Sammy. She is 19 years old today. So I just want to wish her a very happy birthday. Yes. What the heck? My daughter is 19 years old today. Wow. (laughs) What? Well, happy birthday, Sammy. That's We've known each other for a long time then. I know. We have. We have known each other for a while, Alex. So I do want to wish her a very happy birthday. Her and I, and hopefully in a few years when she's a junior in college, she's a a freshman right now at University of Oklahoma. And in a couple of years, hopefully she's going to be doing a a semester abroad in London. And I'll come visit her. We'll go to a match together. So that's that's, that's the plan. But Alex... (laughs) Before we go on any further, just welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, good. You know, I'm, I'm doing good. I haven't been doing content a lot myself lately, just some personal things, but hopefully I'll be fully back on the content scene soon. The World Cup, in a way, came at a good time for me personally, just so I, I didn't feel too guilty about not doing 
uh, a lot of content. Then again, Russ, to kind of transition into what we're going to be speaking about. I don't want to be doing content right now. Chelsea (laughs) are really just making it very tough on us. I'll say, though, that when we first met, but then again, I wasn't really doing Chelsea content the right. way I am, and not even close to the way I am now back then. Uh, but but early days of me doing Chelsea content when we were still speaking more regularly, and I, I wish we did speak more regularly still. Uh, I was very emotional. I was very reactive. I ranted a lot. Yes. Even though there were some great teams that I was supporting that you know Chelsea were presenting, you know trophies, trophies, trophies. So if I took then the Alex Goldberg of that time and put him in this situation now with Chelsea, I wouldn't have any blood vessels left. I'd be hooked up to monitors. I'd be an absolute mess. But I will say maybe it's becoming a father, husband, whatever, or just, you know, I think being a sports fan in general, not just a Chelsea fan and knowing that teams need to rebuild sometimes. I'm dealing with this, I think, a little bit better than some other fans, but certainly than I would have in the past. Um, So the games are tough to watch. It's not the Chelsea we are used to, but I am down with a rebuild. It's just rebuilds are tough in the moment. They're tough game to game. So that's how I'm doing. Okay. Well, it's funny because I listened to a very interesting podcast, the London is Blue podcast this morning. I wanted to get their thoughts. And Alex, let's just say, they're not very happy at all. And I'll just share some thoughts on what they shared when we get into breaking down the match. But uh, I understand what's going on. But I want to get your view on the state of Chelsea. That's what we're going to call this to start the show. And um, it's interesting. I've known you for, for a while now. And Chelsea were in a different place when we first met. Then they went through, I guess you could say, a little bit of a down cycle one year. Then it's been pretty much moving up. But uh, I want to start here because I think this is a huge factor in what's going on with Chelsea. I I was thinking about this. When you look at teams that have gone through ownership change, and I'm going to put Fulham in the same boat, Liverpool, Newcastle, and even Man City, that first season, they've all struggled. They've all struggled. So I'm going to ask you this. How much do you put this on the fact of just having an ownership change and basically figuring stuff out? I put all of it on that. And the funny thing is, is like I the people making decisions now, Todd Bowley, Badad Bali, you know, clearly capital, just the new ownership, they're getting the heat for the form, right? Or maybe Graham Potter is, but you know, in a vacuum, who appointed Graham Potter, Todd Bowley and Coach. So who's getting the heat? It's them. But who should be getting the heat? And listen, he was an amazing owner for Chelsea. I'm not going to deny that because just of the trophies. But right. the previous regime, Roman Abramovich and everybody else who is in charge, should be getting the heat. Now, it's not because they were failures. Like I said, they weren't even close to that. They, they presented us with so many trophies, it's ridiculous. However, it was a short-term type of structure. It was a year-to-year structure. It was a hire-and-fire structure. We all know this. I mean, everybody knows this about Chelsea. But that wasn't sustainable. That's not sustainable. And one could say, well, that was sustainable because for 20 years, Chelsea were really, really good and really competitive. Yes, but sports change. They go through trends. And also, the money just gets more and more. And look at Chelsea in the league. Chelsea in the league, 
were really falling off a cliff. It wasn't a right. short-term thing. Sure, we won the Champions League. That was great. We won the Europa League under Maurizio Sarri. That was great. We get to FA Cup Finals and Capital One Cup Finals, whatever they are, EFL Cup Finals. Sure, fine. But in the league, we hadn't been competitive. We hadn't won since 16-17 with Antonio Conte. And that season, we didn't have European football. So it was really extra easy for us because we could really hunker down. Good friend of ours, uh, Russ, mutual friend, Asmir Begovic, who's on yes. my pod. And you, you introduced us a long time ago. It's on my pod once a month. He was on that team, that Conte team. And I even got him to admit, like, of course, it was easier for us to you know compete in the Premier League that season, much like when Leicester miraculously won, because there was no European football. So you could just take your best team, your best 11, and then a few subs, right, if everyone stays healthy. And you focus on the league. And Antonio Conte defines a short-term manager. So if you take that title away, then it's the Mourinho season when Azar and Fabregas and Diego Costa yep. were absolutely incredible, right? And it was such a team, too. There's so many senior players. And then, you know, it gets you know further back in terms of league competitiveness. And all the other titles are great. But we want to be – like, how do you become a city in a Liverpool? You compete in the league every season. Like, right. that's how you get that stature. You know, obviously, Champions League as well. But look, City don't win the Champions League, yet they still are clearly the best team in the league, right? Like, you know, just year in, year out, because they dominate the best league in the world. And it's been a long time since Chelsea have done that. And the previous regime was not building. And you have to build in all sports now, in every sport, you have to build a foundation, much like the Dodgers, you know, Todd Bowley's Dodgers in baseball. That is a foundation. It's not relying on one player, one manager. It's hard to cut off at the knees. And the previous regime was just short-term, short-term, short-term. They got lucky, but they knew what they were doing in terms of short-term building as well. But Todd Bowley came in, said, this isn't going to work in today's game. Everybody's got money. Look at Newcastle. They're, they got money. Everyone's loaded now. It doesn't matter about money. Now it's about who can build with that money. So credit to the new ownership. They kind of understand we're going to take some hits in the short term. People are going to blame us for, you know, the, the immediate results. But we're going to have to go through the storm, not around it. And hopefully we come out better for it and we can compete for league, league titles. Right. And I'm glad that you put it that way, Alex, because for all the success of Abramovich, it really starts the foundation is the league. As you right. mentioned with Liverpool and especially Man City, it starts with the league. So that's where you need to begin. Your league placing needs to be better. And as you can see, what the strange thing about it right now, and we're going to talk about this match, is that Fulham are ahead of Chelsea. I never thought I would see the day, but now I'm seeing the day, and it's actually a good thing for me. But I, I do understand, and I thought about this, that a huge factor in this is the ownership change. It has to be, because it takes right. time for them to put their plan together, get the players in, that they need to continually contend for the Premier League. Right now, they are just starting the process. So I think that you're seeing that. They actually made a signing today, the player that they brought on loan, Jal Felix. So again, they're continually bringing in players. But it's going to take some time for Chelsea to be the team that we remember. In fact, I think it might be very different, Alex. Because like you said, the philosophy under Abramovich is very different under Bowley. This is more long-term thinking compared to short-term thinking. Would that be a fair way to look at this? Wow, there's no question about it. I mean, everybody that Chelsea is looking to acquire right now is 25 or under for the most part. I mean, João Felix is a bit more of like a unique situation because 
as of right now, it's just a dry loan, right? There's really yep. no, I don't know, maybe it's a wink-wink gentleman's agreement we don't know about uh, about if he does well, what could happen in the summer. But for the most part, that's kind of in isolation. Yet he's still a young player, 23. And then we've already brought in a center back from Liga. This window, Ben Wabadiashiel, and one could say, well, what do we need him for? Levi Caldwell we own, and he's at Brighton. He's playing well now. You know, we look pretty good at center back. Wesley Fofana needs to be fit. And, you know, I understand Silva, Thiago Silva could leave after the season. Koulibaly has been shaky. Uh, but still, one could say, well, why do we need Badiashiel in January when he already was kind of, you know, young and raw in Liga? And now you're going to bring him in January to the Premier League. But it, it literally just fits in line with what Todd Bowley is trying to do. He's a young player who has promise. And Todd Bowley is trying to bring these players to the club while they're somewhat affordable and develop them here rather than wait until they're 70, 80, 90 million pounds, and then you have to pay for that already established player. So an, another one is David Datro Fofana we got from Molda. And, of course, you know, that's not a club. That's in Norway, of course, that club. That is right. not a club that usually then sends players right to a Chelsea. You know, look at Erling Holland. He went from – he was at Molda, and then he went to Salzburg, and then he went to uh, Leipzig, right? My memory is serving me correct. Yep. And yes. then, of course, he he, he comes to uh, Manchester City. So th there was two stops in between. But instead, Todd Bowley and ownership say, David Dacho Fofana, nine million pounds. Let's see what we can do with you here, whether it's on loan or at the club. So I, I just you know mentioned those two players because even if they're a little bit higher profile young players, uh, it's all about young players. You know, the yeah. senior big stars we're going for this summer, we'll see if we get them. But Declan Rice, he's you know about to turn 24. Jude Bellingham, he's what you know still 19 or 20. You know, young, young. Enzo Fernandez, we had this big you know debacle with where we ended up not signing him. Very young player. So yeah, even the more established players, they're all 25 or under. And um, I like it. I like it. You know because it does once again kind of it raises your chances of then in a few years time having a really good starting 11, having a really good probably like City do backup starting 11. It's just you know. Can, can you get them all to develop at the same time, or can you at least get 75% of them to develop? And, okay, it's fine if some of them don't develop. And then, of course, along the way, you'll need to find your role players, your senior players. Yeah. Every team needs to have that. But, yeah, I mean, the previous regime, they didn't really care what age. I mean, they, the only thing they had that was, you know, somewhat okay that I liked about senior players was, you know, they had a kind of a hard rule about long-term contracts for players over 30. Uh, but still, it, it felt like it wasn't building towards even three years right. out. It was building towards, uh, you know, one year out at most. And the last thing I would say is, if you appoint Frank Lampard and you say this is a long-term project and you sack him, and I'm not complaining because we want to change league right after. I get it. Right. But if you sack him after a, a season and a half, then you have no ability to ever be a long-term club because, like, you only appoint Frank Lampard if you actually are going to give a manager like a long-term, you know, right. uh, chance, if you will. And he wasn't great, but, you know, like I've seen worse. We've all seen worse as well. And I'm not yeah. saying he's doing great at Everton either, but it was just like the old regime wanted to maybe like at least make us believe they could build for the long term. But that was proof in the pudding that they couldn't build for the long term and eh, is what it is. Okay. And that's going to lead to uh, just talk a few minutes about, Grand Potter, because I think this is all part of some kind of uh, strategy, because this is unlike other managers that they have. Met. You can say Frank Lampard, but he's also a former Chelsea player. I think sure. this is a show of 
the direction that they're going. Now, what's interesting about this, because again, I'm listening to the London is Blue podcast. If you're acting like a Chelsea fan or even the regime from the past, you're thinking, oh, he's going to be sacked soon. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about this because I think they're looking at this long term. They're willing, I could be wrong, but I think Chelsea are going to be with Graham Potter for a long period of time. I think they're willing to see this thing out because this is more long-term than short-term. I could be wrong, Alex, but I could just tell by listening to this podcast that they feel that he might be on borrowed time. I don't see it that way. No, I I don't think so either. I mean, I've even done some digging and asked around, you know, and he's here. Like, he's not going anywhere. Graham Potter basically – and I understand Chelsea fans who, like, think like that because they've only known, you know, some Chelsea fans, especially if they're younger, they only know Chelsea one, <laughs> excuse me. <coughs> they only know Chelsea one way. You know, they only know Chelsea as, okay, if a manager really, really struggles, he will be let go. So even though they acknowledge it's new ownership, it's just kind of their reflex to think, yeah, but still he might get sacked no matter the ownership, but no, this is new ownership. And this was their guy. I mean, you don't sack Thomas Tuchel and appoint Grand Potter when you did, especially if you really aren't committed to the guy you're bringing in. And Graham right. Potter, I mean, fans just need to think of Graham Potter as a young player. So a young player. So, like, you know, they need to think of him as Wesley Fofana or, you know, if you brought in Enzo Fernandez or, you know, just any one of these young players that you are going to hope helps you now, but definitely you're going to hope helps you more and more and more and more as they get a little bit more seasoned. So, yeah. you know, Graham Potter is really – supposed to grow with the club now i think he's a strong enough individual and character and he's got his staff you know that he had at brighton and previous players where it's not all on him to grow on his own his staff will grow with the team and even like you know he's got his um recruitment people too that are kind of now working with the new structure so they'll all grow together but the idea is like he grows as chelsea grows and uh you know the the only thing i worry about is in, in the meantime The same way, like when you rush a player, like I'll use a baseball analogy and it might not hit for any of your Fulham listeners, but uh, in in baseball, like there's, you know, minor leagues, right. And there's different divisions of the minor leagues. And ideally you want to give that player a good amount of time at each minor league destination. Right. So like low A, high A, double A, triple A, you want them to really like almost graduate each level. Right. But there have been many cases where, like, all right, maybe the big league club really needs that position, and this guy looks really good in double A, or maybe he's in triple A, but he's been there for a week, and the big league club says, "Ah, I'm calling you up. We're calling you up. Come on. And then it's a rough go of it, right? And one could say, yeah, but they're young. They'll they'll develop in the big leagues. So the one thing, though, I fear, though, and you've seen this happen with players, you know, on this baseball example is, okay, fine. Yeah, they're going through that adversity, adversity with the big league club. And you could say they'll get through it and it'll make them stronger. But sometimes it just kills them and it cuts off their potential, right? right. Because maybe they, even they get down on themselves and you know they just get in their own head and things go the wrong way. They develop the wrong way. Right. I don't think that will happen with Graham Potter, but that's like literally my only worry. I, otherwise, I have really a lot of confidence in the guy. I think he's really smart. And, and I think you know um, he, he will have a vision that'll eventually be put forth by Chelsea ownership and the people around him. But, you know, if the results just like if we lose to you guys and then we lose to Crystal Palace and I think we have Liverpool coming up and, you know, they're playing a little bit better these days. You know, if it just gets even scarier than it already has been, you know, recently, uh, could that do a long term 
um, you know, disservice to Graham Potter and the staff. I don't know, maybe, but no, I, I think, you know, uh, we're looking at Arteta and Arsenal and, and we're looking at yeah. the proof in the pudding there. He almost was sacked on multiple different occasions. Same thing. It's the same yeah. situation in my book. Yeah. It's the same. I'm glad that you brought up Arteta and, and listen, it's not like I have a love for Chelsea. I, I like you. You're my friend. And I want you to enjoy your club, but I'm not a fan of Chelsea, but look at Arteta, I think is a great analogy. That took time. And I think it's the same thing with Graham Potter, my friend. The same exact thing. Okay. Well, coming up next, Alex and I are going to break down this match, and I'll get Alex's thoughts on Fulham. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Alex, second half of the show. We're really going to talk about the match itself. Before we do, just give me your thoughts on Fulham. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch them at all. And uh, just your thoughts on how they're doing. It's been great for me. I'm curious your view on that. Uh, well, first of all, I, I and I know... I know Fulham fans have kind of like a 50-50 opinion on him, it feels like. I even think U.S. men's national team fans have like a 50-50 opinion on him. But I, I think you might know that, you know, I, I, I think he would agree with this. So I'm not, you know, at all saying this out of turn. But Anthony Robinson, kind of a, a friend of mine these days. Uh, yes. Really, really good guy. And, you know, he's a young father. And, um, you know, we don't always talk football. We kind of share stories with that. So I love Anthony. I, I understand that maybe with his game, there's an element of like, okay, I'm super athletic. I'm super quick, but could I slow down a little bit? Could I maybe polish up, um, you know, stuff in the defensive area, defensive awareness, even, you know, could I just calm down on a cross every once in a while? But I still think this is a guy that belongs in the Premier League and, and, yep. and is a really talented player. And like, you notice him, you know, you always notice Anthony, like he can just, he can get up and down. And the one thing I, I know U.S. men's national team fans have to agree with this, even if like maybe the last moments of the last <laughs> game, he he obviously didn't look great. He gives us all, you know, like and, and, and I would definitely almost like then liken what I just said there about Anthony to Fulham. You know, I just feel like Fulham and, and, and they surprised me from the first game of the season. I remember back in August Liverpool. where like you guys look just super on the same page, you know, like everybody was kind of moving in unison. I was surprised by almost how like well-rehearsed even, you know, breaking a press seemed, you know, I feel like you guys had a big opponent first game of the season. I don't know if it was Liverpool. It was or, Liverpool. Or, it was Liverpool. Yeah. And, and you just, you, you looked like better, well-drilled than Liverpool, which is really saying something because Liverpool, I know obviously then the struggles continued for Liverpool this season. Um, you know, after that game, it wasn't a one-off. But like Liverpool, if there's anything Liverpool have had in the years past, it's a team, right? Like team, team, team. Everybody knows yeah. where each other's going to be. And you guys were the team that looked like 
you know, you had played together for years and years and years. And I know there is some, you know, familiarity and continuity with your side, but it was just really impressive. Like right away, you know, I don't want to be reactionary, like match day one of a Premier League season. You don't want to do that with every sport. But I, I really did say to myself, like, I don't know if they're going to go down just because like, you know, the teams that go down, even if they start the season well, are the teams that just kind of have like one or two good players and they might have some just big games to start the season and everyone's talking about them, usually a striker, right? Uh, but but then like the team's not good enough. But I just looked at that team and I was like, wow, that's, that's a team right there. So, you know, the, the, my knowledge of the team overall is obviously not going to be anywhere close to, to you and your listeners. Right. But a player that has really impressed me in the midfield is Polina. Oh, um, was it Zhao Polina? Zhao Polina like, has been our player of the season, even more than Mitrovic to me, Alex. See, Mit- Mitrovic is like the obvious say. I didn't mention him first because he's not available for Thursday, right? He's not he's available not. for the. No. So that's a huge help. Um, no offense to Vinicius, Carlos Vinicius. Is that who yeah. it is? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, like, listen, like Polina, um, in the same way when you face you know, a Leeds, right, with Tyler Adams. I'm just saying, like, if Tyler Adams is out there for Leeds, let's say Leeds had, like, a guy up front, you know, Mitrovic is a thousand times better than Patrick Bamford or anything like that. But, you know, I'd be a lot more scared of, of Leeds as long as they have Tyler Adams versus, like, a forward. And I kind of view you guys almost the same point. way. Now, Mitrovic could, the way right. we are. The Mit- Mitrovic right. could still, though, like, if he's healthy, like, that, that's still a really, really bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Polina almost has become kind of your heart and soul. I'm glad that you went there, Alex, because when we talk about this match, when we break down this match and uh, how Fulham need to win this match is in midfield, it's really going to come down to who can control it. And it will come down to Paulinha because Paulinha really is – everything feeds off of Paulinha. So I'm glad that you said that. And the situation with Tyler Adams is the same exact thing. Tyler Adams did not play against Fulham when Fulham played Leeds, and it showed because he is the heart and soul of Leeds, similar to Paulina. So that's actually a very good analysis by you. I do want to mention one other thing, and uh, you probably don't know this, but I actually, over the summer, wanted Fulham to find an upgrade to Anthony. I did, because Anthony is full potential. While Alex, I think he's now lived up to the potential and has taken his game to the next level, and I've done a mea culpa on this show and said I was r- 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 wrong because Anthony's playing great. <laughs> and Anthony yeah. has been a huge part of Fulham's success this season. So I'm glad that you mentioned him. All right, let's move on. But you got let's Kurzawa just... to switch off with him, right? You got Kurzawa now to We do have Kurzawa and uh, we'll see how it works out with him. He has barely played. He's been dealing with some injuries, but he's not going to get a chance to play because Robinson has made that position his own. And the partnership with him and Reem, Reem on the left as your center back, has been fantastic. So, you know, obviously we we watched the U.S. men's national team and that transferred into the World Cup. But let's move on, my friend. Let's talk about key players for this match. I'll give key players for Fulham. You give me key players for Chelsea. Man, I can't believe I'm saying this. I mean, we we couldn't be more injured. We're, we're more injured than than anyone, Russ. Like I was going to say, injuries everyone. with Chelsea are situation. Yeah, yeah, no, but like you know, so I guess it, I guess it feeds in. It's it's almost easy to then pick key players because I almost know who Graham Potter has to choose. You know, we just heard today Pulisic's out for months, months yes. plural, um, and and Sterling is certainly out for at least this game, and you know, good handful at the very least. Um, so. 
I got to think because he didn't start against Manchester City in the cup game on Sunday. I got to think Dennis Zakaria, who we have on loan, is going to start as he has been starting a lot recently. And I'm not even a huge Zakaria guy. He's been pretty good in his loan lately. Like, he, he has been pretty good. But, Russ, he is my first key player simply because he is, like, our only actual defensive-style midfielder. Now, yeah. obviously, if N'Golo Conte was, you know, healthy, he's his own version of a defensive-style midfielder, but he's box-to-box. He's a, you know, Conte's so unique. He's never someone you're going to say to sit and kind of just, like, clean up an area. Where Zakaria, you know, he's got some decent footwork, and, and he can maybe progress through the dribble. But at the end of the day, I mean, we have not had a player of that stature who can put in a tackle and just be a presence in the midfield since Nemanja Matic. And Nemanja Matic was incredible for us. You know, that was prime Matic when he was there with Conte and Cesc Fabregas. Uh, Zakaria, you know, listen, I don't even know if I want to sign him permanently come the summer, and it's not even that expensive of a of right. an option to buy. Uh, so I'm not getting ahead of myself. But in the short term, we just look so much better when we have him in the middle of the pitch because we need a player like that. It's the Premier League. You need a physical player in the middle of the pitch. Jorginho is not what he used to be. Kovacic is, you know, he's a very, very good player, but he's a player who just wants to weave and he doesn't really want to do much other than just progress with a dribble. Um, and he's up and down, you know, sometimes it just feels like he's, I don't want to say disinterested, but sometimes it just doesn't feel like he's there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no Conte. So Zakaria has to be, you know, the first key player that pops into my head. There's no doubt about it. Because, um, like, he's his own entity in the Chelsea team at the moment. And, and he's a huge reason why, you know, we're looking for a Declan Rice and, and players of that nature um, long term. And, you know, it's tough for me. Like, Aubameyang's available, but, you know, he hasn't been playing lately. And it feels very much like Aubameyang is already, you know, not part of even our short-term plan. He, right. he really felt like he was only being acquired because Tuchel was the manager at the time. So I, I would say that Kai Havertz just de facto – is going to need to have a good game. You know, he, he's going to start again. There's no doubt about it. He's been kind of playing as the striker lately. And if Kai has a good game, that usually means something good for Chelsea. I don't want to, you know, uh, you know, look at the stat because I, I don't want to be proven wrong. But it feels very much like when Kai gets a goal contribution, Chelsea at the very least get a draw and, and usually win. And when Kai ghosts, it often feels like the rest of the Chelsea team is ghosted. I could say Mason Mount, but it's just very unclear these days what role Mount's going to be used in. I'm sure he'll yeah. start. Once again, he's very important to Potter. And, you know, obviously he, he has been one of Chelsea's most important players for years now, and I love him. But I can't say he's a key player for this game specifically because he's still being used as a crutch. Like we don't – because he's versatile, yep. he, he gets used now like in replacement for, say, a said winger who's out when that's not the best way to use Mason Mount. I think Graham Potter knows that. I'd love him as an eight, but can we use him as an eight? That's the whole thing, you know, right. just because we don't really have, um, you know, the full attacking array of options. So I would say Zakaria and Kai Havertz, you know, and that kind of fits with what's important in football, right? The spine of the team. I'd say Tiago Silva, but I mean, if Tiago Silva has a bad game, you'll beat us no matter what. So like, there's no point in saying Tiago Silva. So I would say Zakaria and Havertz for Chelsea. Okay, excellent. Okay, so I'm going to give you full momentum. I'm going to start with what we were just talking about. It has to be, it has to be Paulinha having one of his signature matches. If he's controlling the play, Fulham have a very good shot. When he plays well, Fulham generally play well. So I'm going to start there. I could put Harrison Reed in there, but I'm on the fence if Harrison Reed will be starting because uh, I think he will be, but I might consider going with Tom Kearney in this match. This might be more of a Kearney kind of match, but we'll see. I think he'll end up going with Harrison Reed.
But the player, and I can't believe I'm, I'm going to bring this up. I think he's a huge key player in this match. I know who you're going to say. I and know I'm gonna who say you're going to say. I'm going to say it. I'm sorry, Alex. Me and Alex had all kinds of discussions on this player on the podcast we did. Alex is not a fan of the player I'm about to say, but William has been huge for Fulham this season. When William plays well, I'm telling you, Fulham play well. He has been a revelation. And I'm I'm just going to tell you, he is going to be a key player in this match. I can't believe I'm saying that to you, Alex. Alex? He's played very well for Fulham. I know you don't like William. In fact, you've had a lot of things to say about William, but I can tell you this. He has stepped up. We did not expect much from William. He's been fantastic. Well, the biggest compliment I can give William, and, and uh, you know, I would just I would just remind you and, and then, you know, say to anyone listening who's never heard me speak about William, is my frustration and oftentimes dislike for William when he was a Chelsea player was not because I thought he was not talented. It was quite the opposite. It was, I realized, you know, it was obvious how talented he was. You know, Brazilian just can do so many things, yeah. balance, can play on either wing. Um, it was just that I felt he, he wasn't using it nearly enough. You know, I just felt like he could have been so much more. His decision-making frustrated me. I always felt like he should have been a better Pippin to Eden Hazard's Jordan. You know, he, he should right. have been a better sidekick for Eden Hazard. I mean, he, he assisted Azar in their Chelsea careers collectively like five times or something. That, that's inexcusable. You know, like it should be yeah. way higher than that when you have that talent. Um, and then I would see him go to the national team with Brazil, right? And he would do something ridiculous. I'd be like, what the heck? Where is that for Chelsea? Um, but, you know, still a good Chelsea career. The biggest compliment I can give him is I am actually not surprised that he's helping you guys because I will say, and this was Azar until he went to Real Madrid and, you know, yep. he's just fallen apart literally into pieces like a broken toy. Um, but William has got to be one of the most durable players, Russ. Oh, I have yes. witnessed in, in sports. Like, and, and I am saying that really caught, like I was saying that his latter years yep. of Chelsea, he was never, I mean, Azar was never injured, you know, for Chelsea. Right. But but with Azar, that was just a little bit of like, I don't want to say luck, but it was just like he was playing the game he loved. He had a ridiculous yep. lower half, you know, that was durable. And right. he just got to that point, and then it all, you know, one injury down spiraled it. But Willian was never injured, and he, he always looked exactly the same, except the hair, you know, <laughs> that could change. And, you know, he's just, he's short, he's compact, he's clearly very fit. And uh, yeah, I mean, his body just is, is really, it's still so solid, you know, it's still very, and, 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 uh, you know, I think with Fulham, he knows the league, right? He knows the league. He can play on either side, whether it's the right or the left. He's such a balanced dribbler that there's not like a, a, a place you put him where he's a liability. If he's a liability, that's just because he made his own bad decision or, or whatever, you know, it it is what it is. But um, fitness wise, yeah, I mean, he's been one of the fittest players I've ever uh, witnessed. So, you know, I, he loves London. We know why he's with you guys. Yeah. No offense to you guys. It, it's not because Fulham are his dream team. He has a restaurant in London. I mean, like I he didn't want he didn't want to leave London, you know? He, yeah. That's why he went to Arsenal, you know? Yeah, um, he, he wanted to come to London. We, we're aware of that. That's not yeah. breaking news. We, we know that he, he wanted to be in London. And listen, the situation worked out. And uh, like I said, he's played very well for Fulham. Okay. To wrap this up, let's go to how does Chelsea win this match, then we'll go through a starting 11 after that. But give me your thoughts on how your club wins the match, and I'll share mine on Fulham. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would almost use your first key player said and, and just use that as half my answer here. I would say don't allow Polina to have a good game. It also kind of no. jives with why I had to say Zakari as well. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but heading into a game against Fulham, Fulham have the better midfield than Chelsea. Like that is just, that's, that right. is just, that's such a disappointing thing to say as a Chelsea fan because midfield is so important. And I, yep. you know, I'm not tuning my own horn or anything. I, I get so many things wrong as well. But if there's one thing like I have been moaning about for years on Chelsea Twitter now is fix the midfield. Yeah. And the midfield like was the representation for how the previous regime did everything. Uh, titles would paper over cracks. Now, I know a Fulham fan listening is like, oh, poor you. Like winning trophies was a problem. Oh, boo-hoo, Alex. But like the titles – made Chelsea think that they didn't need to address issues. You know, it right. made them think like, okay, we're good here. So when we won the Champions League and Jorginho then won the Euros right after and he was UEFA Player of the Year and Conte got all, you know, Conte was high up on the Ballon d'Or list as well and Conte got, you know, the man of the matches for all those Champions League games and Kovacic well in his prime playing great football. Chelsea looked at that and said, why would we buy a midfielder? We have Jorginho, Conte, and Kovacic. What do we need to buy a midfielder for? And anyone with a brain could have seen it coming. Conte made of glass these days. Kovacic gets a few muscle injuries a season. And Jorginho, not physical at all, that was his peak. And he's just come down, down, down. And we have no midfield now. Uh, Mason okay. Mount doesn't even get to play in the midfield, and he's still an eight. So uh, stop Polina. Stop Polina. Meaning also Zakaria has to have at least an average game. And I would say, you know, th this is important. This is a dumb thing to say, but this is really important. We're playing at your place, right? right. We're playing – Oh, it's, I know it's a very short away trip for Chelsea, but it's not with our fans. It's with your fans. We'll have yep. away fans, but you, you guys will have the atmosphere and the emotion yes. on your side. Yes. We, we cannot let you score early because the way Chelsea are right now, we don't have momentum. We got our heads down. The moment we can have our heads down, we have our heads down. So we can't let you and your fans get the game right away if you get the game right away you'll have the game we don't yep. we're not that team that fights back necessarily right now so i would okay. say stop Polina and hold on i can't believe i'm saying this against fulham as a chelsea fan but hold on for the first 20 25 minutes stay in the game okay well it's funny you kind of read my mind on how Fulham win this match it is about getting the early goal i was already going to say that but for <laughs> Fulham, it Listen, this is a huge match for the supporters, okay? It really is. It's it's unbelievably, they think, and I agree with them, that this is their best chance to beat Chelsea in years. It's been 16 years, Alex. It's been a long time wow. to win the SW6 Derby. It's a big deal. So that Craven Cottage is going to be, it's going to, the atmosphere is going to be electric, especially if they score a goal. Get the crowd involved. Get that early goal. And then let Paulinha and uh, I think it's going to be Harrison Reed and Pereira run the show in central midfield. Let them run the show and Fulham will win this match. Now, they don't have Mitro and, and I'll go through my starting 11. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be Vinicius, but it's funny because in the presser, Marco Silva's playing a little games here because he said he, he can go with Vinicius. Maybe he plays Bobby Deca Reed. He throws out his name. He also throws out Dan James's name. So I think he might be playing games. I think it's going to be Vinicius, but that's going to be an interesting 
part of this match, who's going to be the striker? And we'll get to that right now, my friend. Give me your starting 11 for Chelsea, and I'll give it to you for fall. <laughs> uh, so, Jao Felix, he might be available, but there's no way Jao Felix will be starting so soon. Um, so, I, I, I continue with the back four. I go, Kepa has to be a net. Uh, right back, it's scary hours. It really, really is for us without Reese James. But, you know, I, I don't want Trevor Chalba playing there. Uh, he's not a right back. So I guess Azpilicueta needs to have one of his, you know, um, nostalgic games. Maybe facing William, if William plays for you, will fire Aspi up. Um, you know, battle of the old guards. So Aspi at right back. Uh, Silva and Koulibaly, the center back pairing. Koulibaly's been shaky, and I'd love to throw in Chalaba, but uh, I'll go Silva Koulibaly just to keep some continuity. Left back has to be Mark Kukurea. Um, I could say Lewis Hall, but no, Kukurea. Midfield pivot, uh, I'll go Zakaria and Kovacic. Dennis Zakaria and Kovacic. And then, man, well, so I'll make that a midfield three, you know. Okay. I'll make that a midfield three, and I'll put – I don't think it's going to happen. But I'll put Carney Chukwameka in there. He's been playing a little bit for us lately. I think he should be playing a lot more. Okay. So, you know, I don't know. It could be 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3. But I'll say Carney Chukwameka. And then, you know, the, the front three in some way, shape, or form is going to have to be the three more players are going to have to be just by process of elimination. Yep. Akeem Ziyech, I guess, hugging it out wide, you know, putting crosses in. It puts Mason Mount, I guess, in a left wing position, which I don't like. He's not a left winger. Hopefully he can tuck in and Kukurea can come up and give him some width on the left. But Mountain Hoverts. So, you know, once again, that's Kepa, uh, Aspi, Silva, Kulabali, Kukurea, Zakaria, Kovacic, Chukomeka, Ziesh, Mount, and Hoverts. Okay. So for me, I'm going to go with Bern Leno. Right back is going to be Kenny Tete. Left back is going to be Anthony Robinson. Center back pairing, I'm going to go. It's funny because uh, I this could be mix and match. I think it's going to be Tim Ream, and I'm going to say Diop. It could be Tosin saying what I would do, but that could happen. It's going, going to be definitely Paulina. I'm going to say he's going to go with Harrison Reed. I might go with Tom Kearney. I think this might be more of a Tom Kearney match, but I think he'll go with Harrison Reed. He'll go with Pereira. It's going to be William on the left. I'm going to say on the right. This is the interesting one. He might go with Dan James. I know that would be it. That's a shocker. So I'm going to say Dan James first pace and Vinicius up front. And there are many film supporters that are not fans of Dan James, but he has a lot of pace. I'm going to say Dan James. We'll see what happens. I don't think man or Solomon's ready yet to start, but I'm looking forward to him playing for fall. And that's what I'm going to go with my so- Starting so really 11, is. but I could go with Bobby Decadova Reed up front, or I could go on the right, but I'll go with a game changer that people aren't expecting. I'll say Dan James on the right. So you said Willian on the left. So it really is going to yes. be Willian versus Azpilicueta because yes. Azp is a right back. Yes. Oh, it'll wow. definitely be Willian on the left. That is going to be uh, – that's going to be one for the you old-time know, Chelsea heads right there. Like I said, on the right, it could very easily be Bobby Decadova Reed, but I am throwing out – Dan James, I'm just going to throw it out there. I want to give him a shot for his pace against Chelsea. So that's that, that's what I want to do. All right, my friend, the end of the show prediction. What's your prediction? Uh, William Brace, Chelsea lose 2-0. <laughs> Whoa! Well, hold on. Whoa! No, 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 hold on. Oh, come give, on, give, Alex. No, I'll, I'll say 1-1. Okay. Yeah, 1-1. 
Um, I'm not kidding. I think Willian scores. Okay. Uh, because football is football is scripted like that. It's karma. And yeah. yeah. And for Chelsea, it's gonna be stupid. It's not gonna be someone we want to score. It's gonna be like clean up on aisle six, Tiago Silva. Yeah, you know, I love Tiago Silva, but it's okay. not gonna be a goal I feel good about. Um okay. yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Okay. Dean's going one nil to form. I'm gonna go two to one to form. I'm gonna say Williams gonna score, and I'm actually also going to say Andres Pereira is going to score. Andres Pereira has been very good for form. We haven't really talked about him that. So I'm going to say two to one to form, but we'll see what happens. Okay. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a long time. You and I need to catch up and just thank you for doing this with me today. Absolutely. It was good to talk football again. Uh, I haven't done it really at all on any forum in a little while. So I appreciate you having me on. I don't like the circumstances that the, the first time we talk in a long time, you guys are right. a better team. You have Willian making me afraid. Um, yeah. I don't I don't like the conditions. We'll have to talk Patriots soon off air. But uh, no, I, I really appreciate it, Russ. Great fun. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure having Alex on. He is a good friend. We haven't talked in a long time, so it's wonderful to have him on. Do want to mention before we go, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other phone supporters find us. We really appreciate that. So thank you if you do do that. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of College Talk. For my very special guest, Alex Goldberg, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to College Talk, now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.